Marhaban, welcome to the Habibis, three game developers drinking good Arab tea. I'm your host for today, Fauzi Mesmar. And I'm your co-host, Osama Darius. And I'm the third Habibi, Rami Esma. <laughs> the third Habibi. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're back. I also exist. Yeah, the three Habibis <laughs> in random order. In random order. <laughs> the, Habib, the Habib threes. In, uh, in height-wise, uh, uh, height in ascending order. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, in, in ascending order. Yeah. It's yeah. true. Yep, that's what's happening. <laughs> I can't believe I'm middle height. That just never happens to me. <laughs> For me, and Fauci, things are completely normal here. Yes, exactly. It's business as usual. <laughs> so, how y'all doing? Uh, it's three of oh us. Oh my god! On a yeah. podcast, can you believe it? <laughs> it's hard to believe. It's been like what a month since I was on an episode. Yeah, last? yeah, so something wow. like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. Time. Soon to be th- yeah. three Habibis in the same city. Yes, potentially. Yeah, games come it's coming like a up. A couple of weeks away. I can't believe. Yeah, it. I'm yeah. so ex- I'm probably more excited, more excited about the three of us being in the same place than the event at this point. Yep. <laughs> we need to get 100%. some food. We need to find a good like. Uh, oh, I know a really good Lebanese place Ooh. in Köln. Uh, okay, so we should record the episode while eating Lebanese food in that. I can. Yeah. <laughs> I can always I can always ask if we can do that, but it might not be allowed. The oh. sound of chewing um, in the podcast, music to people's mm, ears, delicious, yeah, delicious. It sounds great to me. Yeah, let's make it happen. No, no, you like the sound of the of the ambiance of people eating. You don't like the sound of chewing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Oh well, at least I think we could try it. See what happens. I mean, we recorded in a park. Which was super noisy, right. having to move a few times during GDC. So you know, it turned out okay. Yeah, it was not our best work, but not our worst. No, <laughs> yeah, it was like a, a six out of ten, maybe. Hopefully, it was fun though. It was great. Yeah, I would do it again. Mm-hmm. Maybe, <laughs> you know, if we get permission, let's 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 say inshallah, inshallah. Let's but say like inshallah. not the yes inshallah but not the no inshallah it's it's gonna be my first time in germany do you have any advice on how to navigate the germans uh yeah bring cash <laughs> really yeah true yeah no seriously bring cash wow. they, they a lot of things will not accept credit card or card oh you're not kidding um, wow since why no i am i'm not i'm not kidding like when you arrive at the airport or when you arrive in the city, find an ATM. Okay. Yeah. Pull out fifty euros, break it into tens. Okay. Get some coins, especially euros and fifty cents. For trains and, and, and stuff. And keep them on you. Yep. Okay. Thanks for the heads up. I was not gonna do that. I just figure everyone takes credit card. What the that's all. Uh no, credit credit card in Europe is is sometimes, but Germany is very specific in that a lot of stores just won't take a card. You're not there on a Sunday, are you? Because Germany also just kind of closes down on Sundays. No, I'm going to be with you on the Sunday. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that's totally fine. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, I, you... I also, yeah. I also found that in Germany, it's um, it's more polite if you ask if people speak English in German, so like memorize some of those uh, phrases, than oh. just assume that you know people speaking English and speaking English to them directly. Some people might not like that. It's better if you just ask for permission first. Would you mind to speak in English and then you know ask what yeah. you want in English? Thank you. I appreciate that too. These are good tips. The Habibis yep. travel guides. 
<laughs> I mean, with me and Fauci on this, it's, pretty good, it's a pretty good travel show, to be honest. It's pretty hilarious. But true. Well, the, you, you, travel, you travel a bit, too. I, I travel so, more I than think... the average person and far, far less than both of you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the rest of my year and I'm like, at this point, I'm organizing like a South America tour near the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, I hear so, you. I mean, I thought, as you know, if it's going to be winter up in the northern hemisphere, I might as well check out that southern one. <laughs> That's smart. Yeah. That's I just smart. came from my trip to Vancouver, and I'm going to go to Europe to visit two different countries, and then I have Australia coming up. And I had to cancel my trip to South Africa because my passport's Aww. going to be almost expired by then, and Canada doesn't oh, have no. its stuff together, so I can't. Yeah. So, like, under normal circumstances, you look at my, my schedule, and you're like, wow, you travel a lot. You look at it, and you're like, you're home a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> Simon, why don't you travel? Why do you more? travel more? It's only once a month. What's going on with you? Yeah, what is that? <laughs> you homebody. I think Ram and I once did an episode about the the travel gadgets. I think we spent yes. like thirty minutes right. talking about what kind of stuff we pack in our backpacks. I uh, I just upgraded my projector for the record. Wow. Oh, the one that uh, they don't make anymore. Yeah, that one. Uh, I just I just upgraded. I still have the old one. I love it. I upgraded to Samsung's Freestyle, mm. mm-hmm. and it's slightly bigger than a can of Coca Cola. Okay, and it is really good. Um, the, so the old one, what I loved about it was that it was battery powered. It had a battery in it, so you could set it up anywhere as long as you had a tripod or something to set it on. Yeah, and you could just run it, mm-hmm. right? So no matter where in the hotel room, uh, there is a wall with the tripod and the fact that it's battery powered, you can just run it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now this thing um, isn't battery powered, but it can be run off of any standard USB C battery. That said, wherever you put it, as long as you aim it at a wall, it will auto keystone, auto focus, and make it work. Wow! Wow! Nice! Wow! And that is honestly, it feels like magic. Wow. That's pretty you cool. just, you put it anywhere. It has a foot built in. Uh, it stays in the position that you put it in. You just point it at a wall or a ceiling or something. And all you need to make, get right is the distance. Wow, that's amazing. And it's like Bluetooth, it right? Just, you could pair it with anything. Yeah, and, wow. no wireless, Bluetooth, whatever. You can direct to it. You can cast to it. It has a Chromecast TV-like system built in. So Netflix and Disney Plus and all those services are already loaded on it. You don't need anything for that. That's amazing. That's it's connecting cool. to my little travel router, Fauzi. Remember the yeah, yellow I remember that? One? Yeah, yeah. It's connected to that already, so that's great. I ordered it, um, but I still haven't picked it up from the post office because I haven't been back in a while. That <laughs> thing is so. What's weird. it called? The travel router. I forgot the name. It's the GLINet something. But if you just search for Travel Router Mango, you'll find I it. I found it by typing GLINet uh, something. <laughs> as long as it has mango in it. It's like a little yellow yeah, box. Yeah, I see it. That's amazing. It's super cheap. That thing is like, what, 30, 40 euros max? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they do a new one with USB-C, I'm, I'm all over it. Because that's my only problem with it, is it's USB micro. Oh, Oh, so you still have to carry but the USB micro cable. I literally, I literally just have that cable plugged into that router yeah. and just never touch it. Mm-hmm. Right, like that. Yeah. That's just it. It's my, it's my one, it's my one shame in my <laughs> USB C travel uh, pack. Um, but yeah, the new projector is. It, it feels like magic. It's a really fun device. 
And do you carry a tripod with you or do you like stack six? Well, not anymore. I used to. Yeah. But now with this thing, I don't need to. Oh, okay. Like you stack just the tripod. You can stack six rolls yeah. of toilet paper and like run the cable through. <laughs> just do that. <laughs> no, but this thing you can literally put it anywhere, and no matter like you know, you just point it at a wall, and it will it will level it, it will focus it, it will keystone it. I'm just wow. saying, if you're wow. wondering what to get me for my birthday, I'm just saying, like this would be a good gift. It's it's really I'm fun. putting it out. It's there. a really fun. <laughs> okay, okay. I, 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 no, gonna, I was just kidding. <laughs> to that, I was, gonna, I was gonna buy you. Maybe it's crowdfunding. Oh no! Oh no! What have I done? <laughs> I was gonna buy you a copy of To the Moon. Oh, you <laughs> know you I, I've owned totally. that. I've owned that for years. Yeah, I tried to run it on my Steam Deck and it didn't work. Ah, Osama, yeah. I, I'm gonna make you a, a drawing of the projector. <laughs> You know what, Rami? If you make the drawing, it'll be worth more than the projector. I, I, I will make the as drawing. As long as you sign it, it'll be worth more than the projector. I will sign it. I meant, I meant like emotionally more to me. Like not, not. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Of course. No, sure, 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 sure. Based on previous experiences, sure. it might look like a cow, but that's still good. <laughs> <laughs> Most of my drawings come out like that for some reason, and it's not a good cow. I still don't know where the head goes on a cow, oh, no. but you know, <laughs> some things remain mysteries forever. So, uh, so Rami, did you take that new yes. projector with you uh, to Egypt? Because you've been to oh, Egypt, my right? God. I've been to Egypt. No, I didn't take to Egypt. I didn't have it yet. But uh, yeah, I've been to Egypt. God, it's been it's been a few weeks. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll I'll just run you through it, right? Like first, um, on the twenty sixth of July, after six months, I did my flight exam uh, for my private pilot's license, and it was kind of a it was kind of a nervous one because yeah. uh, something strange had happened. I think I'd explained it on the show before, but I have an examinator who has to examine my flight, but then my examinator is not an examinator yet. He needs to do the well, my, exam himself as well, right? He needed to do the exam for examination, so I needed to have an examinator examinator on my examination flight. <laughs> so um, that would have all been fine and normal if it wasn't this warm in Europe. Yeah. Because the warmer it is, the harder it is for an airplane to fly. Yeah. And uh-huh. it was looking like it was going to be so warm that there was no way that the three of us would be able to take off. Wow. Um. So it looked like there was going to be a problem and the examinator examinator would become my examinator and my examinator would not be able to get examinator examinated because there couldn't be three people on the flight. So it looked like it was going to be very complicated. And then as if a miracle, it was the one day where it was like 21 degrees mm-hmm. in a in a heat streak of like 30 somethings. Um, it was cloudy. There was like good wind. Um and then the airplane was like full twice too much. So the airplane was too heavy to take off. So apparently I got my first like really good mark for telling them that we can't take off with this much fuel and that we have to get it like emptied. So uh, that delayed my exit by like 20 minutes. Wow. But uh, it apparently was like a very good plus for my uh, for my flight. And then we, we did the exit and it's really nerve wracking. God, I've done a lot of flying and I've done a lot of very chill flying where I was very happy, but this was not a happy flight. Um, 
Is it the tension the because part, like you're being yeah. uh, monitored at every step? Like, well, yeah, exactly. And you know, I I know the person who examined me. He's also an instructor, and I've flown with him like a few times, not super frequently. Yeah, but I know him, and he's like talkative, and he's friendly, and he's like very like. You know, he points out when things can be improved. So now sitting next to him and he's just quiet. Mm. Yeah. It was very unpleasant. It's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> it's super awkward. <laughs> so so the, um, the, the accent basically is a flight to an airport in a different country. Uh, so I took a flight to Antwerp in Belgium. Mm. And you prepare that flight with all, with everything. All the charts, all the, you need to read up, you need to know the procedures you need to do the calculations for the weight and balance for how much landing runway you need for how much landing uh, for how much takeoff runway you need you need to do fuel calculations performance calculations make sure that the airplane isn't out of balance um you need to read up on like what is happening in the air you need to know what the weather is you need to be able to explain the weather so the first hour of the exam is just theoretical It's just that pre you, you need to present what the flight plan is. You need to be able to answer questions um, and basically just explain how you're going to operate a safe flight. Mm -hmm. That's already nerve-wracking. I, yeah, 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 yeah. I have not studied for an exam in, like, ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've just, I'm not a study person. I would read the books at the start of the school year And that will be it. Wow. And I wouldn't read them to study. I would read them because I was curious what was in the books. That's interesting because I, I know, like, I'm piggybacking, but I was exactly the same way in school. I would read the books, like, months ahead of the test just because I, I loved reading. And then when the test came, I'd forget some of the details. But I knew them really well, like, two months before. But since then, I've read, like, so many other books. I was a bookworm. So I had the exact, yeah. like, a very similar experience. So yeah, I would read the books and then I would get good grades. Yeah. So I just haven't studied in my life. And this was really like, you need to know your stuff, yeah. you know? It looks like a lot um, of studying. It's a lot of exams. It was so much studying. And every exam I did came back in the theoretical part. So I got questions about law, about human performance, about the airplane, about, about the airplane's uh, performance, about weather. And I just needed to answer them. So... That went well, and um, uh, then went to the airplane, did the pre-flights, took off, and then the second part of the exercise is a navigational exercise. So I planned that route, and basically I have to fly that route. And normally I would do that on apps. There's an app called Sky Demon, which is, uh, there's another one in the US called ForeFlight, but basically it's an app that real-time navigates you, kind of like a GPS for in the air. Mm. Right, and it will tell you whether you're entering airspace that's prohibited or whatever. For this exercise, I couldn't use those. I had to use a paper map. Hmm. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I had to do a navigational exercise on a paper map, and um, I, I, you know, I know how to do that, but also I haven't done it frequently because, in general, I rely on the far more accurate applications. Yep. Um, It's good to know how to do it on paper. So that was also a little nervous. That went really well. Mm. And then um, three quarters in, before you cross the border, you basically the, the instructor basically tells you that there's a diversion and that you have to uh, start a route to an alternative airport. And then you have to, in the air while flying, 
figure out where that airport is, how to get there safely, plan out a route, say how much time it's going to take and tell how much fuel it's going to take. Wow. Okay. So it's like a, a, a mock uh, emergency. emergency situation. Yep. Mm-hmm. So then you do that. And then um, after you're basically pointed in the right direction. Uh, sorry, Rami, did you, did you know that this was coming? Did you know that they're going to do like an emergency drill? Yeah. Yeah, the, so uh, you because you can't cross the border unless you file the flight plan, and I wasn't allowed to file the flight plan. So it was okay. very obvious that we were not going to complete the flight. But what the emergency is um, and where you're going is a question mark. Oh, so you deduced it, basically, but they didn't tell you that this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's part of the briefing as well, but I... You know, <laughs> didn't really I didn't really pay attention to that part all too much. Yeah. Um, so, um, then after that, you do air exercises, which is you stall the airplane. Basically, everything that can go wrong in an airplane, you simulate. So you do stalls where you make the airplane fall out of the sky. Uh, you do a very steep turns for when you need to dodge something. You turn off the engine and uh, try to land it in a small field, and then at like a hundred feet, you cancel the landing. Um, you do those, and then you fly back to the airfield, and you do three, you do five landing exercises. So you do a normal landing, which is the final one. You do a touch and go, which is you put the wheels on the ground, and then you immediately take off. You do a go around, which is you approach the airfield, but then don't finish the landing, and you take back off. And they need to do them one in a normal configuration, one with reduced flaps, and one with no engine. Mm. So you can combine those into into a specific order where there's only three landings, and that's cheaper. So everybody tries to do it in three. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you complete that, then you get your... You know, if before that they don't go like, nah, <laughs> now nah, we're done. Uh, then you get your evaluation. And uh, yeah, both me and my examinator passed. Wow. So that's cool. My examinator is an examinator now. That's awesome. And I am a pilot now. That's awesome. Um, Congratulations. Which would be awesome, but my license is in the mailbox at home because, wow. as Fauzi said, the next morning I left for Egypt. Yeah. And that's, Yanni, I, that's huge because I haven't been to Egypt because of military draft for like eight years. Wow, eight years. Yeah. Wow. Eight years. Yeah. This was my first time back in Egypt. Different world, man. Uh, yeah. Egypt changed so much. Yeah. Was, in what like, way? I, Tell I, me. I, I want to know. It's just, you know, like the, so much has happened, uh, you know, after the revolution yeah. and then the, the coup and then. Uh, like everything that happened, like the country is in a different place. There's been a lot of infrastructural work. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of infrastructural work is like work for the sake of work. Oh, (laughs) you know, Uh, because we do need jobs and infrastructure can use work, but like there's so many prestige projects right now. Um, They're building a new capital. Yeah, I heard about that. You know they're building they're building a new capital that isn't Cairo. It's like okay, we don't need this, but I guess are they what calling it the, a new Cairo? The, they're starting from scratch. They're like, all right, this is yeah, no, literally, <laughs> they just a few like a hundred kilometers to the east of Cairo, they're building the new capital. Oh, that's fun. This is like you know when a bunch of programmers are like you know come in halfway through a project and then they go like <laughs> right. We either refact no no we need to write everything from scratch and also we need to write our own engine. <laughs> yeah. This is this is kind of but, like the 
<laughs> yeah, but it's a little, a real جديده like the the new uh the new capital basically yeah and it's literally just they build a hundred it's a hundred like what is it 50 kilometers east of cairo um it's basically on the road to suez wow uh and they're just building a city there because why not i guess still on the nile no no it's 50 kilometers away from the nile that's landlocked Yeah, it's literally just land. <laughs> what a, they were like, what you know what? Decision. We've been inspired. We've just been inspired by Vegas. <laughs> Have you heard of the the White Elephant uh, Mall? And NPR no. did a reporting on it. It was a giant mall that was built, like really cost, like I don't remember how many tens of millions of dollars for a mall. It was really, 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 really big, and nobody bought stores there. <laughs> It just like ended up just not being used at all. I mean, they can build a capital, but is there a guarantee that people are going to want to go there? No, of course not. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, so it's it's a little wild. But then you know the the thing about Egypt and the thing I love about Egypt is that Egypt is always kind of a mess. You know, <laughs> like it just it, it like the you know no matter how much you love that country. It's always a mess, whether it's a mess because of a dictator or it's a mess because of uh, the traffic or it's a mess because of yani, whatever it is, mm. there's always something mm-hmm. and everything is always broken. There's always problems for younger people. There's always problems with like finding a future. There's, al- there, there's always problems. Yeah. But the thing about Egypt that never changes is the Egyptians. <laughs> the Egyptians are always the Egyptians. They're the same warm-blooded yeah. welcoming mm-hmm. hospitable loud um, ridiculously passionate fiery like just they just they just love mm-hmm. they just love uh, or they're angry <laughs> one or the other yeah and either they either it's it's love or they they're gonna punch you it's one or the other and they <laughs> yell about everything anyway um almost all my childhood uh arab friends are egyptian <laughs> i mean Rami, you met right. one of them like that's just you know yeah <laughs> I gravitate, but that's just it. Egyptians, yeah. <laughs> and and they're lovely. And no matter what happens, they're lovely. And the the a lot of the new things, like there's like traffic cameras now. You can get speed fines in Egypt. Wow. Fines in Egypt. Fines, yeah. <laughs> Not bribes. Yeah, actual you fines. Can, you can. no, yeah, no, actually automated fine system. Wow. You can drive wrong in Egypt. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can drive anywhere you want. That was always a... my favorite. Thing, my favorite thing is that they they hung these cameras in in some roads, but then also they just hung flashing lights in other places. <laughs> they just flash when a car drives under them. Some people are like, "Oh no!" <laughs> but it's not a camera. I think. I think it's literally just a flashing light whenever a car drives under it. Oh, no. But you never know. Is it a camera or not? No, you never. Know. You're always no idea. You're always on the watch. <laughs> and and the other thing that stayed the same is the food. Uh huh. I had first day I arrived, I had like manga. I had like five of them. Mm. Egyptian mango is the best mango. It's great. Just I love it. Know. I got fresh mango juice. I got mango. I ate batik. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, watermelon. Uh, uh, watermelon. Uh, watermelon. Uh, I had some batik. Uh, I had fatir. 
the Egyptian pancakes. I love that thing so um, much. Oh, fatir with honey, like. Mm. Mm. Um, and then the second day, I went to uh, a place called Kabebki, mm-hmm. and it's just meat. It's uh, just preposterous amount of meat. I ate so much kofta. Yeah, Fauzi, I ate <laughs> so much kofta. I love me. I love me some I'm kofta. I'm not. I'm. You know, it's, too much kofta. <laughs> it's funny. You said batik. We we save batik for uh, like cantaloupe, for melons, for other kind of melons. We see. This is the problem with Arabs. Yeah. We we use the same words for different things. Yeah. Us. Re- How did this happen? For watermelon, we say ragi. 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 Yeah. Never ragi? heard of it. I- Never heard of it. We use batik as well. This is like, this is like Lebanon. Yeah. Yeah. Lebanon yeah. is one of those yeah, yeah, yeah. you never know whether you're going to get milk or, or yogurt, yogurt depending on where yeah. you are. For us, Lebanon is yogurt, but I know it's milk in yeah. most places. Yeah. Um, Bess, I ate so much kofta. I ate too much kofta. No such thing. <laughs> That's what I thought. That's what I thought as I was eating it. And then for the next five days, I was super sick. Oh, no. Like just super sick. Oh, no. I was just like you overate. I don't know if it was the water. I don't know if it was the kofta. I don't know if it was seven liters of mango juice. Mm. But like, I was done. I was out. You know, it has been uh, eight years. Your stomach is probably going. Like, yeah. What, 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 what's all this now? What, what is this? <laughs> what is it? What is what is all this? What is all this good food? What is all this good food? You know, this is not how it goes. What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> No, but I was just like Lily. I've not been that. Uh, probably a combination of food poisoning and my my stomach just not being used to the the Egyptian <laughs> yeah. food anymore. Yeah. But like, I I cannot I cannot remember. I cannot remember some of those days because it's just like <laughs> I spent most of the meter in the restroom or just wishing I was on a restroom. So it was just. But it was worth it. Of course. Yeah, and you, uh, no, no doubt about it. That kofta, some of the best kofta I've had in a long time. Uh, the kebab was great. I had uh, fatir, I had batik, I had manga. Oh, that sounds amazing. Uh, I haven't had what breakfast, else? so you're Do making you have, me hungry. <laughs> Do you have right. full, full, full induced coma? Oh, yeah, full, taban, taban, full. But we didn't manage to get koshari because it was planned for the third day, but by then I was super sick. Oh. So... Well, if you were, it felt like kushari if you were, was not the, the best option. would have done it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's like carbs. The plate. I mean, I mean, honestly, though, like you know, food poisoning means that everything comes out too easily. With the kushari, at least you yeah. know it would have been stuck for five days. It's not necessarily better. <laughs> I mean, no, it's different. System. Yeah, it's different. It's a different it's kind different. of thing. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, too too much kofta, but yeah very good very happy i got to see my family oh, i thought you're gonna say too much information yeah. when you said too much <laughs> no no but guys like some of the, the some of the kids in the family that i last saw when they were like three or like five they're they're adults now yeah five they're they'll like, be like 13 teenagers. 14 now they're like they're like like real people with like <laughs> they have an attitude and like opinions and stuff. <laughs> like one of the kids that was like the sweetest little kid is now like base he was like eleven when I last saw him. He's like twenty. He has a bad attitude. Wow. Oh no. Like 
He just doesn't. He doesn't want to talk. He's just like, oh yeah, hey, he's oh, emo wow. now. Hey. <laughs> oh wow. And then he, and then he's on his phone, and I'm like, ah, this is why my parents always yelled about the yep. phone. <laughs> I just let him be on his phone. I don't care. <laughs> um, and like some of the other kids I met weren't born when I was there last, and they can speak. Wow. Because they're like six or seven years old now. Eight years for a kid is an eternity, Rami. They're not the same at That's all. like... That's yeah. true. They're like... But like these kids were unborn. That's a pretty big difference. Uh, yeah. With like telling me about their Roblox character. <laughs> yeah. my, my sister lives in Lebanon now. So we see her and her family every year. So every year her kids age a year. They're my nephews. And oh my right. God. They're like... Every time their personality is different. It's just like one year is yeah. enough for them to be just a completely different person, different likes, different. Uh, yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible. So eight years, like, forget it. That's a lifetime. Yeah, it was wild. Uh, some of them turned out really cool. And some of them are probably going to turn out really cool. That's nice, man. Did you, dr- yeah. did you drive yeah. at all in Egypt? No, 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 no. My dad got a new car and I haven't driven in Egypt in a while. So, good. you know. Yeah, no, it's good. I, uh, I skipped. Plus, you know, by the third day, I I couldn't go outside anymore anymore. So, uh, yeah, no, I had a great I had a great time. Nice, it was man. so good. Uh, the the air and the fruit and the just the people and yeah, I've missed it. I'm gonna go back sometime soon, and I'm also gonna meet up with the local developer community. I've never oh, been to Egypt. One day you have to take me with you, Rami. Yeah, I will happily take Thank you. you. I would, I would love to we can be sick together. together. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I can't wait to forget some of those days. <laughs> yep. Yep. Looking forward to it. Look, anyway. Um, look, I still uh, go Osama. frequently enough to the Middle East that I still have enough yeah. stomach lining. <laughs> well, <laughs> but that's the thing. I've been to the Arab world frequently enough and I eat and it's okay. Egypt has special diarrhea making food <laughs> i think it's like an egypt it's an egypt special because <laughs> you know i've been to i've been to lebanon uh where else have i been uh, i've been to saudi i've been to uh, uh abu dhabi i've been to dubai i've been uh what's um i always forget uh, morocco on the other side mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've 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 traveled throughout in the last like what two three years. Yeah, it, it was always fine. Mm. But I also think maybe the other difference is that when I visit those, I get taken to restaurants and like you know, haggad <laughs> nadif. Yeah. Well, here it's just like okay, let's make some food. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> It didn't go well for me. Of course not. <laughs> uh, Good times. What have you been up to? Because that's basically my two weeks. After that, I went to Munich. I'm visiting my girlfriend right now. Um, and I'm headed back to the Netherlands tomorrow to finally get my, my pilot's license. Oh, nice. nice. So by the time this airs, I will have done my first licensed flight. The big question is, how many trips do you have between tomorrow when you're back home and Germany when you go... Probably uh, I think six I or seven. I, I have Ooh, one because that's... my girlfriend is visiting me for the rest of the week. I mean, I have a few flights that I'm doing. Ah, uh, yeah. Plan. Yeah. 
I'm going to do my first licensed flight. I, I, when I came to Germany, I have a flight school here that I've flown with a few times. And I messaged them I'm like, hey, can I get a flight? And they're like, absolutely. I'm like, hey, just for the record, I, I completed my license. So I, you know, I'm, but I don't have my license on me. So I still want to fly as a student. And they're like, oh, <laughs> oh, we can't do that. And I'm like, why not? They're like, well, you're a licensed pilot, but you didn't bring your license. I'm like, yeah, but so can I just be treated as a student? They're like, you're not a student. Oh, no. Uh-huh. Like, oh, yeah, okay. So I was going to fly here, but that didn't work because Germany is very good about rules. Very strict, right? It's good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, my first flight is going to be Thursday. That's my first license flight. Uh, I'm very excited for you, but I have a really stupid question for you. When you you fly on your own in those tiny planes, do you put your phone on airplane mode? (laughs) I was always curious about that. It's, is that... I never no. thought about no, you, 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 you absolutely do not. In fact, you do the opposite. Oh, wait, there's an you, opposite you to airplane sure mode? <laughs> what? Yeah, you make sure your phone is super connected to everything. Ah, uh, I see. Okay, thank you. Uh-huh. I was just always curious about that. Yeah. Of like, is airplane mode only for the, the big airplane? Airplane mode is really weird because there's not really a good reason to do airplane mode. That's what I suspected because after a while, you lose access to the uh towers anyway right when you're in the air and and not just that it just it doesn't matter because so there was a big problem recently in the united states for aviation because the u.s opened up their 5g band and it was very close to the uh, air band which is the frequencies that aviation traffic goes on but in general your phone does not interfere in any way, shape, or form with any of the systems of the airplane, not even close. From my understanding is that there's a lot of the protocols around like being in a commercial jet, like, for example, keeping your window uh, open or like Mm -hmm. uh, being in an upright position or like the tray being absolutely closed during takeoff and landing. It's so that uh, you are aware in the case that there is an emergency, you know, like, uh, yep. so like if uh, the engine catches on fire, you can see it, you know, like the, yeah. that's why the, yep. they want you to have the windows on. So like all of this stuff is just yep. in case. And I would probably cons- think that uh, the airplane mode is also one of those. Probably related to that. Yeah. I always thought it was, you know, it's like, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, you first. I was going to say, I always thought it was because the old analog phones that we used to have were actually a lot more disruptive when it came to their signals. They were, so I really thought that there was interference back then, but now that we've moved to more like if, digital technology. Even then, they were on different frequency bands. That's true. Like the airband is a completely separate spectrum of, of, uh, of, the, uh, of the frequency spectrum. That's true. It shouldn't um, interfere. One of my favorite is that, you know, that they dim lights when you do a night takeoff or a night landing. Yes. It's so that if there is an emergency, your eyes don't have to get used to the dark. Oh, that's brilliant, actually. Which that's is clever. that's like the pirate eye patch all over again. That's smart. What? <laughs> oh, the uh, what? Pirate pirates. What? They have the eye patch wasn't meant to cover like a bruise on on eyes or anything. What it is is they put it over one eye when they're below deck, so that when they shift it when they're above deck, they're able to maintain their night vision because their eye was closed the whole time. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what? Yeah, so like you actually like the real use of eye patches is you know to like if you move it from one eye to the next. 
<clears throat> so Wait. so if I if if tonight I put an eye patch on and I never remove it, then I retain a uh, night vision in my, in that eye. That's not exactly what happens. Let's say you go above <laughs> above deck and the sun is really really bright. So you put yeah. the eye patch on one side. So that way, when you go below deck and there's no sun, you don't have to wait for your uh, night vision to come back. You just have it because your the eye was yeah. covered from the I sun mean, the whole time. I, I can tell you from my human performance and limitations section that your eye can get up to a million times more sensitive to light. That's a lot uh, of times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's huge. And it, it takes 30 minutes for full acclimatization. To wow. Night. So... In 30 seconds, our eyes get back like, uh, you know, like a, a good percentage of our night vision. But for full sensitivity, it takes about 30 minutes. So what Osama is saying actually makes a lot of sense. I should buy an eye patch. Now I'm thinking. I mean, you would look so cool with an eye patch, though. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I would I would just look, I would look like a bad cosplayer. But you would look badass. <laughs> you would look real cool. <laughs> Now that you've said that, I'm even more convinced of this idea. <laughs> Osama, how would you look with an iPad? Because the problem with Osama is that he would wear the iPad, but it would have to be color coordinated. <laughs> I need a collection of iPads that match. With yeah, that. you need a collection of iPads. Are you also going to do like a very specific type of iPad? Of iPads course, with like... of course. It's a high top flat panel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> He can have a box, a box just for his yeah. eye patches, like to put in the suitcase. <laughs> like, like like Arab dads have with like uh, with like the watches. Yeah, exactly, yep, exactly. Yep. It's a, the watch collection, yep. but it's just it's, it's just, just eye patches. Eye patch he can stop exactly. at an airport. Like, what is this, sir? It's like, yes, it's my um, <laughs> my eye patch collection. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god! They all already look look at me funny when they open my suitcase and they see twelve baseball caps. I'm like, what's going on? You're only traveling for seven days. <laughs> Why did you bring twelve caps for seven days? You never know. Well, this is my Monday morning one. This is my Monday afternoon one. The Monday afternoon one doubles as my Wednesday morning one. You have to be ready. You never know. Yeah, yeah. You know, so there you go. So twelve caps and five eye patches. You get to go. <laughs> <laughs> Explain that. I think that should work. <laughs> love it, love it. So other than, but, uh, other than cap shopping, Sam, have you been doing anything uh, recently? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I saw the new Thor movie. Thor, ah, I, oh love yeah, me Thunder. too. I went to the cinema and watched that as well. Yeah, me too. And uh, it was supremely stupid, and I enjoyed it. <laughs> it was just a bunch of bad jokes connected together in an entertaining way so it's you know what those, that's that's yeah. totally your kind of movie I yeah. think about it. <laughs> i'm actually totally okay with that if that's my expectation going in which it was uh i didn't yeah. like it as much as the uh, ragnarok ragnarok is probably my favorite mcu movie it was ragnarok really, is great yeah it landed yeah. really well this, this one had its its moments, um, but like I just love the characters. I love the MCU, and I have a soft spot for them, and uh, really love the director and his work. So all of mm-hmm. you know, all of that came together, and I had really had a good time. Was it a smart movie? No, <laughs> it was really, and it broke. Like I'm not a continuity like uh, person so much. Like I don't think need, things need to be perfect, but I they did change the tone drastically from what 
um, a, a specific concept about the MCU that was different in the comics, and now they kind of brought it back, and now it's like, what is happening? And that kind of, I didn't like that direction specifically. Uh, uh, basically, what happened is the MCU identified as Guardians as being just a technologically advanced aliens. That's all they were, right? Right. Now the concept of gods within the MCU is a real thing. They're not just called gods because they're technologically advanced alien who showed up on Earth a thousand years ago. There's actually a concept of divinity and within them. And I'm like, okay, this is odd. Like, how do you justify this in the same universe? This is the same kind of troubles that the comic books got into where they just got way, way, way too big, where there's too many things happening all at the same time. And the MCU was really clever in not getting in that trouble by just releasing one thing at a time and making sure it's all consistent instead of having like 12 writer or like even more, like sometimes like 20 yeah. writers writing different things at the same time that all exist in the same universe. And now it feels like the trade-off, and there's always a trade-off, the trade-off to letting people be creative and, and bring their own tones to the MCU is that you're back to what, or you're slowly getting back to what the comics watch, which is like yeah. the Wild West. Uh, uh, let, let's let, let's let's focus in on on Thor for a moment, and, and then talk about that because I'd actually love to chat about the, yeah. the MCU at large sure, at the moment. But but uh, the, the, uh, Thor, like uh, Fauzi, you said you saw it too. Yeah, I, I you know, like Osama, I walked in, I was like, yeah, this is gonna be you know another silly Taika Waititi like style movie, and it was that. Yeah. I felt that it was a little bit sillier than the first one. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I I didn't think that it, you know, it did it some service. Like, you know, the like with uh, I felt like the 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 serious element of it, the, the what makes it impactful was was not really there in the same way that Ragnarok was. With like Ragnarok was a movie that was like pivotal for everything else that developed uh, around it and after it in the in the MCU universe. Yeah. Yep. This felt like, you know, at the end of it like uh, I felt that it's kind of inconsequential it was just like a, a lot of like silly things happening sure like yeah. it seems like it yeah. might be opening the the road to something like osama said with gods and whatnot mm-hmm. but yeah it's just it was it was hard for me to take it seriously at all you know the entire time but like yeah. it, it leaned a little bit too much to the silly uh, side the the thing that was hard for me for that movie so i, I overall i i liked i liked uh, love and thunder um the thing that was really difficult for me is that is probably one of the best villains. Yeah, he that the MCU has created like performance. Just the performance wow. and the way and and his motivation and the build up to the character and sort of like I just just very good. Yes. And then uh Jane Foster's arc in that movie, incredibly well done. And then when you talk about the movie, somehow you just can't you can't think of those things because you're just thinking about a bunch of screaming goats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not so yeah. funny right? the goats part. <laughs> they were great. They were awesome. Yeah. But like that movie, but yes. that movie gave me like whiplash yeah. in the movie. Yeah. It's, true. it's true. It's true. I was just like, nah, oh god, oh, and 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 you know, like Taika Waititi is not new to that. Like uh, you know, you look at something like Jojo Rabbit, and he sort of yeah. Yeah. employs that masterfully. But I feel like it wasn't employed well here yeah is i the jokes didn't set up something serious they just they were just jokes yeah and they were funny jokes but then yeah. the serious stuff kind of drowns in the jokes yeah yeah i think he needs to like rein it in a bit back to where thor, thor ragnarok was that was the, the the perfect storm the sweet spot. yeah but i agree 
Actually, like, uh, sorry, like, like, just on that yeah. point that Rami just uh, raised, like, I remember feeling in that movie that I was, that I thought Christian Bale's performance was so good. Yeah. That because of the silliness surrounding, I was like, oh, that's a shame. That, like, mm-hmm. it felt like the, yeah. the performance was wasted. Yeah. When, yep. when that was never the case, like, you know, with the previous story, there's a lot of amazing performances happening all the time, but you never feel that, like, the comedy of the movie undermines it. In the same way that I thought that uh, you know the comedy of this movie undermined uh, Christian Bale's character entirely. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, just want to make a, a small point that I I have minor moral objections to raising a child army. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, uh, ah, true, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Is this where we? Okay, yeah. fair. Yep. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, it was. It was like you're right. You're right. But it was at least it was in self defense to try to get them out of there. So it wasn't, as long as right, they stop fighting after that point, might be a pass. I don't know. Just I feel like I feel like so so the uh, sort of the ultimate payoff without going too much into detail. Yeah. Um, the ultimate payoff of of all the storylines in the movie come down to um, come down to a, 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 a choice, right? Uh, every character in the movie is basically offered a choice to do something or to not do something and each of them choose in line with their arc mm-hmm. which is very traditional storytelling mm-hmm. those those choices were masterfully executed mm-hmm. like every single one of those choices hits home and it hits home hard but then because it's in the middle of a fu- of, 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 of a full like child army battle scene i'm just like uh like it just <laughs> it just keeps everything keeps getting drowned in the silliness of that movie yeah. and it's just it's it's part of the silliness you know like that's yeah. happening and i go like oh yeah yeah it uh it is that kind of movie you know in which yeah, yeah. and i was rooting for the villain the whole time i kind of thought he was right yeah <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah that was Sorry, it was extremely relatable motivation, and yeah, good luck <laughs> your quest. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, Gore Gore was probably one of my favorite MCU like antagonists yeah. in a very long time. Yeah, I agree. I really agree well as well. Done. Very well. Done. Yeah. Anyway, but on the MCU, is it just me, or are you also getting a? I'm I'm fatigued. I, I I'm tired. I'm not. But I understand why people are. And the reason I'm not is because I grew up with all these characters and I just cannot wait to see more of them on the big screen interacting with each other. But I get why other people might not have that same desire. The one thing that I'm kind of mourning is that cohesiveness, the consistency that the MCU brought with it. Yeah. And now that is like the Eternals with the, with the what do you call them, the Celestials. And they're like, the last movie had them you know, like retcons into they've been here all along and that didn't feel believable. And then there's a giant uh, celestial, like, you know, that that was present somewhere in the movie and that like, without spoiling it, it's somewhere there. And you, you, you can spoil that one. It's like a year, a year old. old. Yeah. Well, something. anyway, the the movie ends with a giant celestial, like uh, over the planet earth. Half sticking out of earth. Yeah. Like as it's well. impossible right. to ignore. And yet nothing afterwards mentions it. Uh, just like it's it, like that that's what i'm mourning i'm like i get it like there's a trade-off and the trade-off is you're letting people tell new stories the bad thing is what made the mcu special is it felt like one long thing and, it felt like a story yeah like 
one thing that so, le- everything like converged and led up to the same point, and now it just it's the wild west of uh, so yeah. So I started my 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 partner has never liked superhero movies, mm. and. Mm. I finally convinced her to to try Iron Man. Mm. Mm-hmm. So she watched Iron Man, classic, and it's 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 a it's a good movie. Yeah. It's not the greatest thing you've ever seen, but it's like it's solid. Um, and she liked it. So then we watched the Hulk, which is arguably a bad movie. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the Hulk, when Tony Stark shows up, you're like, what? The Incredible <laughs> Hulk, right? Yeah. Yeah, the Incredible yeah. Hulk, the the, uh, the, the Norton one. one. Yes, exactly. Yeah, um, you watch and you're like, "What?" Yep. And it feels meaningful. Like she just she watched it and she saw it and she's like, "That's Tony Stark." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah she doesn't like Tony Stark, which is fair." Yeah, you're not supposed <laughs> um, to like Tony Stark. <laughs> you're not supposed to. Like yeah. <laughs> but you know, she she was like, "Oh wow." And and that for me, like MCU Phase One, Two, Three, it always felt like, "Oh wow." Yes. Right, yes. it always felt like, oh my god, something is happening. This is a puzzle piece. This is a, and I've been watching the Phase Four. I've watched everything, mm, right? And the problem is that I don't feel like it's a story. No, it's just stories. And stories are great, but like I don't, I don't feel like watching all the stories, and I'm not. I'm not convinced that all of them are useful. Yep. And I'm starting to get that thing that I have with TV series where I'll wait until they're over and then ask, okay, what's the, what, what should I watch? <laughs> and I, and I hate that yeah. because I really want to follow the MCU. Yeah. Uh, this is but... not going to be over. So <laughs> I no. don't recommend that no. approach. No. no. Yeah. But I guess, anyway. but what you're describing is basically what the comics are. Exactly. Which, like, there was a lot of like you know important stories, but then there becomes a lot of inconsequential stories, you know, um, side stories. Uh, then uh, reset of the universe, another dimension, two dimensions, three universes, yep. uh, different take, uh, uh, yep. alternate history, and like you know that's where this is going. <laughs> it's exactly yeah. where it's going, and I. I'm just. I'm mourning the the original, like the phase one to three yeah. MCU. Yeah, I'm. <clears throat> I'm still finding joy in in the new MCU because it's still like that thing that I like about my characters being on screen and interacting with each other. So there's still joy for 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 me there, but like that cohesiveness is gone. And in in, yeah. in instead, what we're getting is different movies by different directors who have their different takes, which is valuable. It's a good thing on its own. Like I really loved. Uh, Doctor Strange. Uh, it was a very, it was a very Sam Raimi film. Yeah, but it, it barely felt like an so, MCU film. I mean, that, that's the weird thing, though, because I feel like, uh, you know, not in Phase One. In Phase One, it, it was a mess, right? And it's it's part of why I'm letting Phase Four just sort of like continue and I continue to watch it because I remember Phase One of the MCU was cool, mm-hmm. but it was it was not good. It was novel. There's very few good movies in the first phase of the mcu it was just better than anything we'd ever seen before mm-hmm. for superheroes the good ones came like phase two mm-hmm. phase three that's where the good stuff was mm-hmm. um also the worst things were in phase two <laughs> that's um, true right so I'm, I'm just i'm letting them do a new phase one mm-hmm. 
they're, you know, I want to believe that they're setting up chess pieces and in phase five, it's going to fall into a story because Loki really felt like it was building. To it something. was, yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I want. I want I want that back. I want that story of yeah. uh, He Who Remains yeah. <laughs> and Khan the Conqueror. Yeah. I want those stories to continue and to build into something meaningful. And I feel like, you know, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home yeah. build on that. So there's stories that build on it. Mm-hmm. And it feels like they're building something. We now know the slate for the future, so we know where they're building. Yeah. It's just... I. I really like Moon Knight, but it also feels like it's a completely separate story. If it is, that's cool. That's cool. I'm okay with that. Yeah. That's cool. I'm okay with that. But then, please don't put a giant fight that changes the way the heavens look, <laughs> that spins time back like 4,000 years and then has giants punch each other on the pyramids. Because it's a little hard to ignore <laughs> in the rest of the story. Exactly. Right? So we're I mean, that's like of, we're aligned in our in our opinions. It just feels yeah. like I'm a little more forgiving, but that's fine. That's okay. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. I'm still if, watching if all the that. stuff anyway, but yeah. uh, right, there's just a lot. Like uh, just uh, following up on everything is is a full time job. It seems. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did you all watch the new Top Gun? Not yet. I haven't yet. I heard a lot of good oh. things. Apparently, it's made more money than it Titanic is. now. Yes, it's seventh I, most grossing or something. Wow. I went into that movie expecting not to like it because I don't like USA, USA, USA kind of movies. Mm-hmm. It's a very good movie. Okay. Yeah. It's just very good. It's just really well done. Uh, pays off pays off its threads, sets up the game. You know what? It's just a good old fashioned nice action movie. But with the sort of um, um, with the awareness that it's 2022, mm. mm-hmm. but it feels like you watch it and you're like, ah, yeah, this feels like the action movies I grew up with. Uh, just a little smarter, a little more diverse, a little less. Let's you know, let's blow up all the all the evil things all the time, and they're all the same. Like, yeah, they, it's still highly suggested that the enemy is like. The Russians, mm-hmm. yeah, but they never outright say it or like point at anything. Uh, it's just, it's just well done. I just really enjoyed that movie. Tom Cruise is still just really good. Is it more enjoyable yeah. to, to you because you're a pilot? Uh, it's funny. I watched that movie, and so I have a friend, Max, and me and Max, we go on cinema days where we just go into the cinema at like. 9 a.m. and then just try to find a way that we can watch the most movies in one day. <laughs> <laughs> and then we just do not leave the cinema except for at one point to get lunch. Wow. Right. Um, so this was one of those. And Max asked me, like, so are you gonna criticize the flying? And I did. <laughs> um but it I think a lot of it is actually flown. I think a lot of it is real. Wow. Uh, a lot of it works exactly how it should. And yeah, they have a bunch of nonsense in there, but the way the flying works is mostly correct. I think I saw one scene where I was like, ah, 
uh, not not sure about this one. Um, but in terms of how how things fly, yeah, that's how that's how airplanes fly. Wouldn't surprise me if Tom Cruise has learned how to fly just to do some of those scenes himself. <laughs> you know? I actually, I actually think he's a train. He, he can fly fighter jets. Wow. Really impressive. Yeah, I think he actually is capable. Wow. <laughs> yep. It's also impressive about this guy is that like um, you watch the behind the scenes of some of his movies and go like, okay, so this is a blue screen. Like, oh no, he actually was holding no, yeah. on <laughs> to a flying plane. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was another fun, another fun fact that I learned is about, um, so the, the license I have is called a PPL, a, a private pilot's license. Mm-hmm. Which means that you can fly as long as it's not for commercial gain. So I can't make money with mm-hmm. it, right? Um, I can split the costs with people that are flying with me, but I can't make more than I'm spending flying. Mm-hmm. And generally, the PPL is considered to be for small airplanes. Mm-hmm. But there's technically no limitation on what you can fly. Huh. So I think John Travolta owns a 747. Huh. Huh. And flies that <laughs> as a private pilot. <laughs> so, as far as I'm aware, John Travolta has the same license as me. Wow. So, what you're Only saying flies- is if John Travolta flies me in his 747, he can't charge me. That's <laughs> yeah. all I'm hearing. <laughs> that is basically correct. <laughs> That's all I heard. But it's stuff like that where a lot of actors just, a lot of these, like, actors that have done a lot in their life do weird stuff because they can and tom cruise doing stunts at this point just at this point it feels like it's partly because he can and partially because he just enjoys learning all of that (laughs) yeah it's part of his brand almost as well yeah but wouldn't you yeah, if you got if you got offered to get paid like several million dollars to learn to fly a, a, a a fighter jet Sign me up. If it, if it was me, as I have a fear of height, I'll be like, you can keep the millions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, I, for you, for you, the stunt would be... But I would learn jujitsu. There would be a sure. movie. <laughs> there would be a movie about playing Elden Ring for 300 hours. And they, yes. and they yeah, would, and, and you would have to play it. Yep. Yep, they will play, pay I, millions I already, of dollars to actually play Elmer. I'm doing it. I'm doing it daily. <laughs> so you're, you're still, still playing? You're still grinding away at Elden Ring. <laughs> I can't stop. I can't stop. This game is so good, man. How, I love it. Yeah, it's, how it's, are you still playing it's that game? It's going to be really ho- hard to dethrone it. I went back and there was like a lot of things that I haven't uh, finished. I'm just playing. (laughs) Like, believe it or not, Rami, I'm fighting the urge to go back myself. I have other options too, but once in a while, I just feel like starting a new run. And I installed it on my Steam Deck and I started a new run and I stopped because I'm like, I'm not going to play anything for for weeks if I do this and I want to play other things. But it's hard. Yeah, I can't can't stop thinking that I've mostly played... um, like a melee character and i want to play a spellcaster yeah and 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 i like respect a bunch of times so like i did some spell stuff but i want to like what if i'm playing like a range character all the time that would be nice what does that be like (laughs) i mean i saw this really cool build where you could hold two whips at the same time and ever since i saw that (laughs) i've been meaning to go back to try it it sounds like so fun it's too too much game that's too much of this game but speaking of whips (laughs) 
I'm gonna <laughs> do it. What? <laughs> what? Give, give me space to do the the segue, okay? It's a it's a it's a whiplash of a segue. Oh. <laughs> See, it wasn't that bad. That was perfect. It wasn't about so bad. That was a speaking of words. <laughs> The amount of behind the scenes that this segment is worth. Did <laughs> you see that one coming? This was not a butter segue. This was a very uh, a rough segue. <laughs> what's, what's the opposite of butter segue? I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm, I'm going to keep my landings on the butter side instead of whatever it is. This was. is a yeah, cheesy this is, segue. This is like an oat milk segue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> crunchy oat milk. Oh, no. Very crunchy oat milk. Oh, I love it. We're, we're already past the hour, and, and I think Osama's got yeah. work to do. So I, I need do. to put a doily, like a sudden doily. <laughs> very sudden doily. You need to put, put, pull an emergency doily on this one. <laughs> I'm just imagining one of those little red boxes would break in case it goes exactly. with just the doily behind it you break it there's a tiny doily and you have to quickly yeah. grab the doily <laughs> well, this this segue this was, was fast amazing. as a whip was let's, get let's get out of here Much it's been super good to have all of you habibis uh, uh, it's been so good it's good to have all to three of us back on the show person. can't wait to see you in person yeah, it's, it's happening soon Habibi's live soon. Habibi's live. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> but for those of those listening, this is uh, all that we have for you today. Thank you so much for listening and join us next week for another episode of the Habibis, inshallah. But for the time being, salam. Salam. That was the Habibis podcast for this week. I am Fauzi Masmar, your host for this episode. You can find me on Twitter at Fauzi Mesmar. My fellow Habibis were Osama Dorias, who you can find on Twitter at Osama Dorias, and Rami Ismail, who you can find on Twitter at THA underscore Rami. Send us your questions, stories, and suggestions via info at thehabibis.com. Intro and outro music was provided by Malik Zubela, and the logo was provided by Ibrahim Handi. The Habibis is a weekly podcast about three game developers drinking good Arab tea with new episodes launching every Friday, inshallah. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe to your favorite podcasting service or check out thehabibis.com for more information. Thank you for listening. Salam.